Hey everybody, welcome back to Dan Likes Games. My name's Dan, and I like games. And uh, we're just going to jump straight into it and talk about a few games that I've uh, found recently in the news. So, Great Western Trail is a board game by the designer Alexander Pfister, and it's all about you play as uh, people in the old west in the 19th century um, American ranchers and you are herding your cattle from Texas to Kansas City and then you put them on the train and send them off to probably get chopped up and eaten. And so throughout the game you start with um, low cattle that have little value and you kind of <laughs> upgrade your cattle for lack of a better word. Um, I've never played the game, it's never really interested me too much. Um, for no particular reason, I've just there's always been other games that I'd rather get than uh, than this one. But they have announced that they're coming out with three new editions of Great Western Trail. They are coming out with a second edition of the normal game, so it's just the normal game, but redone art, a bit redone of the rules and everything. Um, and I think it includes the expansion in the box um i'm not entirely sure on that but but yeah it's a, just a new edition of the first game then coming out in 2022 and 2023 respectively they're bringing out two completely new versions of the game they're bringing out great western trail argentina and the one i'm excited about and the reason i'm talking about it today is great western trail new zealand and so Great Western Trail, New Zealand and Argentina, you can kind of think of them as different Ticket to Ride maps. If you've ever played Ticket to Ride, it's a game where you're making uh, train routes across America. There is lots of different Ticket to Ride versions. Ticket to Ride Europe, India, um, the UK, uh, Asian countries, uh, Switzerland, all that sort of stuff. And they're all the same game just slightly different different maps slightly different mechanics um different tickets and, and and just slightly different rules and so these are meant to be that but for great western trail so i'm excited for the new zealand one to see how it is because i mean i'm excited when any game has uh new zealand is featured you know features new zealand in it or um is designed by a kiwi or something along those lines and so the design of this alexander fester is not a kiwi in any way um but he is decided to for whatever reason create a new zealand version of great rest and trail so i'm excited to see how it is 2023 is still two years away so um it'll be a long time before i even get the chance to play it let alone possibly get my hands on it but um yeah i'm excited about that uh, the second game that I would like to talk about is a game called the Snellagaster Situation Kids on Bikes board game. Now to talk about this one, you kind of need to do a bit of a backstory, and which is Kids on Bikes is a role-playing game. So if you've heard of uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder, it's one of those type of games, and it's a game set in a similar theme to Stranger Things. You will play as kids going around a town, you've seen freaky things, no one believes you, so you're investigating for yourself. I think the concept's cool. I've never watched Stranger Things. 
I don't know why the the concept actually, like I said, I think the concept of kids going around a town investigating weird monsters and whatever is cool. Uh, Stranger Things just, I think it's one of those things where when something gets really popular, you don't want to kind of join the hype. Um, and so yeah, I've never watched Stranger Things, but Kids on Bikes looked really cool. It did. It was really popular when it came out. Um, they made lots of different versions. They made Teens in Space, which was the same thing, but a, a sci-fi version and slightly older, so a slightly more mature content. And then they made Kids on Brooms, which, again, was the same thing, but uh, in a fantasy world with witches and uh, wizards. So the Snellagaster situation is it takes that Kids on Bikes theme and world and puts it into a cooperative board game. In the Snellagaster situation, you and your best friends must face off against one of four diabolical monster sets on destroying sorry, diabolical monsters set on destroying Lakeview, and possibly the entire world. Get on your bikes and search for clues about the monster's weakness. Find the missing kid it has abducted and end the threat to your hometown. Um yeah, so it, it looks it looks pretty cool. It's um designed by Michael Addison and John Gilmore. Uh, who worked on the uh, role-playing game. It's for two to five players, ages eight and up, so it'd be a good game to play uh, as a family. Uh, the theme doesn't look too dark, maybe slightly scarier for younger kids, but someone eight or old should be fine. And uh, yeah, it, it's... it's From the look of it, it's just kind of a sort of pandemic-style game, if you've ever played pandemic where you you're just going around to different locations um in pandemic you're you're curing uh, disease in that location and this you'd be finding clues and uh, fighting monsters and that sort of thing so it looks cool i've uh, got my eye on it it's up for pre-order now i'm uh, not gonna pre-order it but uh just because i don't have kids uh but i will keep my eye on it and uh if it comes into my position to be able to play it i will definitely give it a go and uh, see see um yeah see how it is so uh something that i got sent on facebook actually and thought was pretty cool and wanted to talk about is a reddit thread talking about a recently opened board gaming and role-playing lounge in auckland royal oak so it's a uh, if you don't know like a, a board game lounge or generally they're board game cafes or um, board game clubs. It's you go in there and you pay a certain amount, generally maybe three dollars uh, an hour or five dollars for two hours, something like that. Um, you go in there and you can just play board games. They'll have a giant library of board games that you can try, ones that you don't own. Um, you can go in with friends to play with them, or you can meet people who are looking for people to play with, um, that sort of thing. And yeah, you, you just go in and you you play games. That's pretty much it. They will often do uh, organized nights sometimes. A lot of places will do like Magic the Gathering nights or D&D nights. Uh, so this one is a new one that's opened up and it's starting from $1 per person. It's called the Dice Goblins. And... Uh, it's on 56 slash 691 Manukau Road, Royal Oak. I don't know what that means. It's a weird number to have as your street number. 
Board gaming and role playing lounge now open 3 p.m. to midnight on weekdays, 10 a.m. to midnight on weekends. Come play for as little as one dollar an hour. So that's actually pretty cheap for a um, for a board game place. Uh, they've got 200 plus board games and role playing books available to use in the store. Design, print, and or paint your own custom figures. That's pretty cool. So, ah, so they've got they've got a 3D printer available in the store and a system. So you can go in, you can design a figure for your role-playing game. So for most role-playing games, you'll have a map out in front of you on the table, and you'll have uh, little figures that you move around the map on the map to mark out where you are. So if you've got to fight a monster, you know where the monster is, you know where you are, uh, whether you can reach it with your bow, how far you need to move to get to it, etc. That sort of thing. So in this, you can go and you can design your own one and print it out, which is pretty cool, actually. Um, I wonder how much they uh, make off of that. It's open late nights, fun for ages and groups and sizes, and it looks really cool. It looks like um, it, they do have a large selection of games, lots of tables to play on, um, even some nice big fancy board game tables. I'd really like to check it out. I might, um, I might have to talk to some of my friends in Auckland once uh, we're out of level three, and um, see if see if they want to go there and hang out and play some games. There are definitely, I'm just looking through the pictures now, and there are some games I'm interested in playing. They've got uh, Dune Imperium, Star Wars Outer Rim, Race for the Galaxy, lots of games I'm quite interested in. And so, yeah, I'll have to check it out. I've never actually been to a board game cafe before, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, the main topic for today is a new board game hot right out of the right out of the production line Hadrian's Wall by Bobby Hill and published by Garfield Games now Hadrian's Wall is a role playing game uh, not sorry not a role playing game a, a roll and write game so if you want to think of a roll and write game the one that almost everyone knows is Yahtzee. In Yahtzee you've got five regular dice, you roll them, you've got two re-rolls so you choose which ones you want to roll again and you roll those um, two more times if you want and then once you're done you have to take what you've rolled, choose a category so maybe you know five of a kind which is a Yahtzee or three of a kind or full house you know something like that and mark down your score in that category. Yahtzee is the basic and first and most simple category uh, roll, uh, roll and write game, uh, but they have developed that system since then. Roll and writes are very popular now. You get lots of them. Another one I've played is Catan, the dice game. And so it works similar to Catan, um, a mix between Catan and Yahtzee. Your dice, instead of having numbers on them, have resources from Catan, so wheat, sheep, wood, brick, you know, that sort of thing. You roll them, you know, let's say I get uh, a wood, a brick, a wheat, and a sheep, you know, out of my roll, I can then mark off a settlement because that's the resources to build a settlement. And then you get points for building a settlement, that sort of thing. So uh, that's what a roll and write game is. So Hadrian's War is a flip and write game, really, in which 
you instead of rolling dice you flip over a card and all the players at the table are taking the resources that this card has on them so let's say in this game it's got i think four different meeple types so it's got black blue purple and yellow and it's got bricks so a card might have two black two blue a purple a yellow and two bricks everyone would take those resources and put them into their own little supply then you get some resources from a card you choose to play as well and um, from other things you've marked off on your board then everyone at the same time dives into their turn marking out things on these two sheets of paper you have out in front of you uh, together they make just over the size of an A4 sheet of paper and there is a lot of information. If you go to my Instagram you can see some pictures I posted of a game I played of Hadrian's Wall and where there was just there's just so much information on those sheets of paper and you got to choose where to spend your resources and what to mark off. So you got two sheets of paper. The one on the left is more basic and, and is kind of the wall. So if you, you don't know what Hadrian's Wall is, it's a wall that a Roman Emperor, Emperor Hadrian Augustus, uh, built in uh, Britain to cut off England from where the Picts lived. And so he commissioned some generals to build it. In this game, you play as those generals. And so on the left sheet of the paper, you've got the actual wall, you've got the guards, you've got um, the fort behind the wall, all that sort of stuff that you're building. And on the right, you've got citizens of Rome that you've got to please in order to get resources, you know, to get funding um, to build the wall. You're doing this all to gain the most points that you can. Uh, if you're playing solo, that's what you're just trying to do. You're just trying to get the highest score possible. If you're playing multiplayer, you're just trying to beat everyone else's score. Um, so you have four attribute tracks that you build up. If you've played Paladins of the West Kingdom, this would be similar to you, where you've got the attribute tracks of uh, religion, uh, sorry, faith, military, and renown, I think, something along those lines. In this game, you've got Renown, Piety, Valor, and Discipline. I've no idea what Piety means. I'm going to Google that right now. Piety. P-I-E-T-Y. The quality of being religious or reverent. Oh, okay. So it's similar to Paladins of the West Kingdom. You've got, you got four attributes, and you are building the map by the actions that you are doing. So, for example, I might decide to put... Uh, three bricks into my wall right I mark off those three spaces on the wall and each time you mark off a space if it's got something in that box you gain that reward so the first three boxes of the wall the first one has a yellow worker so I gain a yellow worker second one's blank the third one has a yellow worker so I gain a yellow worker you do that for everything on the left side pretty much you just pay the resources mark off that box that's nice and simple the way when it gets complicated is when you dive into the right box where all these different citizens you have five different types traders performers priests apparitors apparitors i don't know they have baths people that have baths and patricians and they each do 
various different things. It's a very deep and complicated game. I don't know why I chose it to talk about on the podcast because I'm having a hard time explaining it. I had a hard time learning it. I consider myself a very experienced board game player and teacher. Um, It's not often that I sit down and teach myself a board game and am intimidated. In fact, the last time I did so was with Paladins of the West Kingdom. And you'll hear me keep bringing that up because these two games do share similarities. But even Paladins of the West Kingdom, I was able to pick that up pretty quickly. I've played Hadrian's Wall twice now, and I know that on the third game I'm still going to be constantly looking in the rulebook, constantly checking I'm doing everything right. I'm going to have to reteach myself the game. It's just... It's got so much to it, but it was so much fun to play. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed playing this game. Um, I would just, you sit there with your pile of resources and you think, and you look at your two sheets of paper and you go, what is the best move for me to do? And you go, okay, I think I'll spend three bricks, as I say, to fill in the wall okay i get two yellow workers in return now what's the best move for me to do and you just you just sit there thinking about what your turn is doing this doing that in general when i play board games i don't play like that so there were probably times where i didn't make the best move available because i just rather to play i'd just rather you know take my turn um and play i know it's a solo game so it was always my turn but I'd still just rather go, I think this is a good idea, spend those resources, fill those boxes in, and that's it, you're done. Um, I don't want to sit there and think about it, so maybe I'm not playing this game to the best of my abilities, but it doesn't matter because I enjoyed myself. It was lots of fun. I think I'm going to play this solo a lot. I would like to teach it to some people, particularly people that that, uh, like those kind of heavier games. Uh, My sister Miriam, her boyfriend Ethan... You know, um, Ethan Shadbolt, um, a good friend of mine who uh, does the other podcast with me, Up and Go With Muffins. Uh, They like heavier games, uh, Ben as well. And so I think I would love to play it with them, but I think it will get played the most just me solo trying to get the best score possible. Um, So in my two games now, I played on easy. First score was 63, second score was 58. Um, the second, so I, I got worse in the second score, but I was experimenting a bit more. First game, I kind of just played it safe. I did very basic actions. Uh, the second game, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and do this action because I want to see how it works, or I want to try and do this one because, you know, I think it will help me do this or whatever. Um, there is just so much to dive into. Before, I was talking about a game I think would be great for families, the Kids on Bikes board game. This is not a family game. This is a game... I don't even know what the age recommendation is, um, but I 12 and up is what what uh, Board Game Geek recommends, but I'm not sure... I'm not sure I would choose to play it with a 12-year-old. I'd think I'd maybe go even higher, 13 up or whatever. Um... Obviously, that's dependent. Some 12-year-olds are smarter than others. And I think they could play this, but I'm not sure they would have a good time. I think they'd be sitting here annoyed that they've got to think so hard about it and annoyed that they, you know, it's not so 
action driven and and stuff like that great game really love it i love everything garfield games puts out there their quality is always perfect these sheets of paper uh they are just paper nothing fancy about the paper but um the art on it looks great it's done by sam phillips who is a great artist and the brother of sham phillips who owns garfield games uh the resources brilliant wooden components the cards brilliant quality as always from garfield games amazing amazing game it's just a lot it is a lot of a game and yeah it was it was great but it's definitely not one i'm gonna pull out very often to say hey let's play this as a group i think it's one i will pull out every now and then put it on the table play a game by myself you know go off do something else a couple of days later come back and play another game it's going to be my game that i just play when i want to sit down for a while playing a game and and you know playing something a bit more thinky so yeah that was hadrian's war sorry i didn't get uh deeper into how it works if you want a really good in-depth um review as to how the game actually works you can see three minute board games hadrian's war uh, there's another Kiwi that does reviews, great stuff. He goes more into how the actions actually work. If you want to uh, try the game out, I think it is on Tabletop Simulator. Not 100% sure on that. But if it is, then you can try it out there. Uh, if not, if you, from what I am saying, or from the 3-Minute Board Games you know, video, if you think this is a game you would like, sure, go out and buy it and try it. But if you're not really sure about it, I would definitely recommend trying it out before buying it. Um, it's not going to be everyone's game. I don't think, I can think of a lot of people I play games with that would not enjoy this at all. So, yeah, it gets uh, my thumbs up, my approval. Brilliant game but not for everybody. Yeah, so that was Hadrian's Wall by Bobby Hill and Garfield Games. And um, that's mostly it for this episode. I'm not really getting up to anything. I haven't done any miniature painting since the last time we talked. I just haven't had the time to get round to it. Um, work has been busy. I had to do course days and stuff. Uh, but uh, hopefully this weekend I should be going to play games with a friend of mine here in Caddy Caddy, uh, who I met online through Facebook. And so that's always a lot of fun. Uh, last time I went there, we played Carcassonne for the first time, which is a classic. And it was I, I, I had never played it before in real life. I'd played the digital version. And it was good to, to meet new people and to play new games. And so I always look forward to it and always enjoy going there. And so I'm enjoying I'm looking forward to it again this weekend. And other than that, I'll uh, see you guys again in the next episode of Dan Likes Games. Thank you for listening.